Hey, welcome to the season two premiere of What Happened to You. Back in October of 2020, I started the What Happened to You Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to normalizing conversations about trauma using humor. And recently, we got approved by the IRS for 501c3 tax-exempt status. So we are now officially a tax-exempt nonprofit organization. And we have a new website, which is whtyfoundation.org, which I will link in the description. On that website, you'll find additional resources, a list of projects that we're working on, a blog where people can share their stories, and a volunteer tab. For anyone who would like to be involved, we would love your help. Also, because we're a tax-exempt organization, if you make a donation to the foundation, you can write it off on your taxes, which is pretty cool. And last but most certainly not least, we have merch, which if you're watching YouTube, you can see I am wearing right now. Got the logo on the front and what happened to you on the back? So this shirt, as well as uh, some other shirts, are also available on the website, and we're going to have more merch coming soon. Thank you all for watching, listening, and supporting the podcast and foundation. And now, this is episode 26 with Baleko Wisa. everybody. Welcome back to What Happened to You. Today, I'm joined by Bileko Wisa, a stand-up comedian who performs all around LA, who I was fortunate enough to meet at a mic two weeks ago. Right. And we just hit it off right away and shared some uh, shared some experiences that we're going to hear all about today. Thank you so much for being here, man. I'm stoked to have you on. No, thank you. It's, it's amazing. When you did your, when we did the mic and you did your material that you were working on that, that pertains to this, and I think I went up to you. I, I think I, I ran to you like a groupie immediately. <laughs> I said, yo, Sebastian, I followed you on Instagram. Immediately I said, yo, you're brilliant. And they're like, I have a podcast talking about this. I was like, wait, what? Okay, please. <laughs> I was like, please. Oh, thank you, dude. I appreciate that. And yeah, it was, it was funny because we were just talking about this. But, you know, whenever I do the molestation material, they're is like consistently some sort of a reaction, whether it's somebody else who has been molested or somebody who's just been through trauma to, in, in any shape or form. People, when you talk about whatever's happened to you and laugh about it, people who feel the same way about using humor to cope really resonate with it. And I, people have told me all sorts of wild things after doing that material. And it was just so dope. Like he came up to me and just started talking about what happened to you. And it like, couldn't have been more. I, I, I just loved it, man. It was awesome. So I had to just immediately tell you about the podcast and see if you wanted to come on. No, it's crazy, Sebastian, that, you know, we're all ironing out our material. You were up there and I was like, this guy's fucking brilliant. I was just like, how did he turn this into something like funny? And you turned it into funny where I was like, yo, it's like, we feel bad. But I was like, this is funny. I literally was like, thank you. That's like, awesome, man. For doing, for doing that. Because there's, man, you know how comedians are like, a lot of us have been through stuff. That's what we are comedians or we're in the art. Yeah. So that joke, oh no. I was just like, oh, that's wonderful. Dude, that means so much, man. Thank you. And everything that you said to me after, which we'll get into in a second here, is is <laughs> means more than I can say. So thank you for coming on here, man. We'll just hop right into it. What happened to you? See, the irony about it is yesterday was Father's Day. 
So I don't know when record. So we're recording the Monday after Father's Day. So my father died when I was five. I'm from Congo. So he got ALS. So he knew he was getting sick and they didn't have the medication for it then. This is, I'm old. So this is 1990. So once he got, got sick, he was like, hey, I want to live my last days back home. So we went to Africa and um, he died there. And then when we came back, and I'll, I'll make a full circle. When we came back, I had a babysitter that was helping my mom out because my dad died, right? Mm -hmm. So once I was, her name is Vanessa, right? When it's crazy because I, it's amazing when you think about molestation, we always think about like men. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like weird with a girl, but you're a boy, you're a child. So your brain's not developed. You don't know what's going on or whatever. Right. Totally. So my mom would go to work. The babysitter would watch me and my younger sister. My mom would work uh, night shift. So she was a nurse. She would work on um, three to 11. And it's amazing. I don't remember when it first started. I don't, but I just remember it continued to happen from age six to about eight. Right. So I always knew when my mom would go to work, I was being like being touched being kissed, being, um, you know, grabbed, you know, dick being grabbed, you know what I'm saying? L um, yeah. Touching her body parts and stuff like that. And it's amazing, Sebastian, like, I would say for like 10, 12 years, I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the trauma. Like I forgot. And I was like, oh shit. I think I was like, maybe like 18. I was like, yeah, this did happen. And then you start to feel like, like a victim or whatever was like, well, maybe it was your fault. But then it's like, man, if my dad was here, this wouldn't have happened because he would have protected me. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i had nobody to tell because like and this is where cultures come into like you don't ever go against somebody that's older than you in african cultures because they're older than you mm. so i can't even tell anybody so is that that was because just people would think that you were disrespecting somebody who was older yeah. than you or okay yeah, yeah. you're For a child sure. you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you're a child and it's crazy because these people some of these people that are creeps in i don't in this subculture you could tell they it, they take advantage of that. And it's weird because I didn't, I'm 36. I didn't tell my mom maybe till I was like 30. And I remember her just like, I, I couldn't do any. If you would have told me then, I would have done something. But you know what I mean? Like, it's the culture. Like, I'm a kid. You don't speak out, speak out against an adult. You're like a soldier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it would just be weird. I remember I used to be so afraid when my mom would go to work. I'd be like, no, please. But this, the babysitter had this, she had this mind control over you. You're, you're six, seven, eight. You don't like you're, you know, it's wrong, but you don't have deductible reasoning as an adult. So you don't know why it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. But you, you can feel it. Yeah. You have no idea what to do about it, but you can feel that it's wrong for sure. That's exactly how I felt, man. Yeah. Sebastian, my mom would go to work at three. She would leave at two 30. Yo, at two 25. If you could just see, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, oh, no, no, please, please. Yeah. Because it wasn't even just the molestation. I was getting beat. I was getting hit. There's still scars, like, on my face and, like, like body I have still from her. Like, getting hit with hot combs. Like, a lot of the, so I've been going to therapy um, lately. My cousin, he hooked me up with, like, a free therapy program during the pandemic or whatever, right? Nice. And one of the problems I have is I'm very very nice and i will not show like my not my power but my confidence to make other people confident that came from that babysitter mm. so for wow example, yeah right, dude right, it's, it's crazy one time we were making um hot dogs like ghetto hot dogs or whatever you know you use like the flat bread or whatever you cut the hot dog <laughs> right? <laughs> right there was there were six breads left sebastian don't lie two of the she was like make the breads two of the breads i toasted were burnt i took the two burnt bread because that's how I thought of my value. Mm -hmm. I'm six years old. Yeah. That trauma leads to 
you know, I'm playing basketball, I break my wrist, I lose my confidence. It's a lot like it's good. And this therapist has been helping me with that word. Like a lot of these issues stem from that. So the irony of it, like Father's Day, I was like, damn, man, the dude that could have made me like a better man or like would have instilled confidence or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Would have protected me. Yeah. It's just, it's wild, man. And I just remember like, I fought her when I was 16 because she was, she's still around. Mm-hmm. right and i was 16 and she just kept picking on me and i just remember just throwing her on the ground i guess testosterone hit or whatever and i started yeah. to get like a little power and she was like oh she started to be afraid of me wow so let's i have a, a bunch of questions about a, a number of yeah. things that you mentioned let's go back to the beginning of this you know it's funny that and I, I don't remember the first time but i just remember like her telling me don't tell anybody like it's amazing i remember that yeah but totally. it wasn't because of that it was she hit me and my mom was around. I told my mom. And then when she got me alone, she said, don't you tell anybody what I do to you. And I just remember that fear of God, the way she did. Like, I was just like, all right. You know, say this, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. And then I just remember like, man, like, oh, gosh, the, the, just the, the trauma of that. Like you coming out of the shower, her, she would force me to go take a shower. You know what I'm saying? And watch me like, you know, you're a kid. You don't know it's not normal. You're just like, I'm listening to the older. And that's the subculture. She's older than me. So yeah. I have to listen. Especially like, you know, your mom entrusted you with her. Of course, your mom had no idea. But this is somebody that was in your mind is who is responsible for you. And there's no reason for you to think that any of this is wrong, because why would anybody take advantage of you? Like we have no concept of like (laughs) everything at that age is taught from adults. They're like gods in in our heads. And so it's like, if you tell me to take a shower and you watch, I just assume that that's what goes on. Aren't is, aren't all babysitters watching the kids that they babysit shower? You know, it's like, you don't know any better. Yo, can I just say a little bit about your material? When you said about the (laughs) Heelys, remember how you're like, everybody had Heelys? You're like, oh, this this is an epidemic. It's the same thing. You're thinking like everybody's going through this. Yeah. You had to do this to eat lunch or you had to do this to get whatever um, whatever toy is out or whatever that as a kid, that's how you're like putting it together. Yeah, exactly, dude. And it feels like sometimes the because this still happens to me, like I'll have conversations with people about what's happened to them and about what's happened to me and new things will pop back into my head just because I haven't even like I've just buried them in my mind. And as a result of hearing other people's experiences, you start being like, oh, shit, that also happened to me. And like, it's it's funny to think about what would have happened if, because, you know, obviously you said you didn't remember until much later, but yeah. as a kid, if, because I, I did end up telling one of my friends while I was getting molested, I told a friend and I was like, hey, you can't tell anybody about this because again, I knew it was wrong, but right. part of me thought that it was happening to everybody else. Right, right. It, right. And, and that's the thing, the control that person has because they're older than you. Like she was like, what, maybe 17, 18 while I'm six? So, yeah. you know what I'm mean? saying? Like, so I guess you would say like a, a grown teenager or whatever, the power that they have over us and you don't know like right from wrong, because like you said, these adults, they're our guide, right? So if my mother trusts me with you, then you're fine. I, it's funny, you bring up something and it just, it's funny, us talking about it, things start to pop up or I start to remember when we would be around, like, let's say a big like family event and other people, she would get really jealous if I would hang out with, let's say, cousins or people I know around her age. And I'd be like, oh, is he going to tell them? Are they going to like get mad at me? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a kid. I can blurt something out. And, you know, I'm a kid. Yeah. So it was more nervous than jealous, you think? Yeah. more Good word. Yeah. Nervous. That's the right word. I think nervous more than jealous. So like the people that be around her age, I'd be like, oh, man, Junior, he's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. One time at her 
there was a party she had and we're all there. And one of her like older friends, one of her friends like was like, I mean, this guy's so funny. You know, we're comedians. So whatever, even as a kid, I'm funny or whatever. And I remember she just walked up to me and punched me because she was just like, like, stop being loud. Like, it's, it's wild. Like, you're, like, you're bringing up so much stuff. Like, it was wild. wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's crazy the different things that can happen that are just like random things will trigger memories to come back. And right. I wanted to ask you uh, about that. Like what you, you said that you remembered many years later. Do you remember yeah. what it was that caused you to remember? I would say I think because yeah, it was my 11th grade year, 11th grade year. I was in high school. There was a girl that she was known as like a hoe on campus or whatever. She slept around or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We were we had a, a class together. And I remember her telling me like how the stuff she was going through back home. All right, ever right? Like she got like molested by like a stepfather and stuff like that. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, me too." You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Yeah, me too." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just remember being like 17 or something like that. I think it was 17 or 16. I just remember being like, "Oh, this has happened to people too." You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, maybe I'm fortunate that to have this like whatever to have this to think like this. Or I was just like, "Oh, okay, so this is what causing you to act like that." I was the opposite. I became more like nicer. And I'm more like protective. I wasn't like promiscuous or anything like that. Like I'm like so like not body shame, but I'm like protective. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like even you know, we're guys are whatever, and it's just like, you know, you know, heterosexual men are like taught to be like, oh, you just sleep around with a bunch of girls. I was never like that because of that effect. I was just like, no, if I have a girlfriend, it's just you and me. Yeah. So probably in high school when I remembered, and then it's funny, I think it's funny, you go in phases at at being 36, like I will remember it. I will forget it for a couple of years. I'll see something, then I'll remember it, but then I'll forget it. Yeah, totally. It's, re- it's really weird because it's just, I don't know, like, um, my faith has gotten bigger because of it, where I would be like, hey, you know, like, this happened for a reason. I can't be mad. What am I going to do? Killer? Mm-hmm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, what, yeah, like, yeah. what is that? Like, what's that going to happen? What's that going to do? I was like, I have to make, like, better choices and stuff like that. So um, be better. So, like, I'm, like, protective of kids. Like, my niece and nephew, oh, I'm so protective. Yeah. So yeah, probably high school. Like that's when I first remembered after that. I was like, man, that was weird. Like, like I had family, like one time I had this rich aunt and uncle, they would be like, come on, we're going to take the kids to like Raging Waters or whatever. So before we go to Raging Waters, she would like molest me. I'm like, damn it. I can't even just go to Raging Waters. I could be like, <laughs> fucking, you know can I just go to Raging Waters? <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> dude this is all all too familiar man that right. was such a big part of, of my experience too is we would go we went to this amusement park in uh in british columbia i think it was and uh the guy we, they had like a camper van and the guy came we we slept in the camper van it was me and my friend and his sister and then his dad and his mom and his dad just came onto the other side of the camper van in the middle of the night with his whole family in the van and molested me and then i would just we went on the roller coasters the next day it's like is this the price i have to pay i mean it's like it's it's at the time and, and you know i know that that's the healy's bit too but it, it really does seem worth it to, to an illogical kid and maybe what it is really is that of course it's not actually worth it and of course we don't want to get molested to make to have these experiences but right. at the time it's it's an easy rationalization to think oh okay this isn't so bad because i get to do this other stuff Right, and, right. And it's right. like, well, well, maybe this whole thing isn't that bad then, you know? Um, and, and that's what's funny about those. What I've noticed about molestation bits is that, and, and just comedy in general, is that like the truth of it is the funniest shit. And that's yeah. just like, I, you know, I just genuinely thought that Healy's were pretty sick, you know? Right, and that right. was like, that was all it is. 
Right, the Heelys were great. You're, you're, well, you're, you're, you're a kid. You're just like, all right. Well, if I get these, let's hurry up so I can get to these Heelys. Like, okay, I just want to get to Raging Waters. I just like me and my cousins are gonna be there. Let's just hurry up and get to this Raging Waters. But yeah, let's like, get this over with. We can go yeah, have, yeah, have yeah, a good time. Yeah. But Dude, it's just I, like, when you think about it as an adult, Sebastian. Don't you think like how sick is this person? Like you can't even hold it in. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you can't cool. wait. You don't want to take a day off. Can, 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 are, are you bored? <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I, I don't understand. Like, it's just every night. Really? Aren't you tied What do you have anything else to do? Aren't you getting laid on like a normal with anybody your own age? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there is, like there is like teenage uh, puberty dick that you can get. Well, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Leave me alone. Like, shit. <laughs> and it's, let me ask you a question. Do you think and I thought about this as I gotten older, I was like, I think she hated my innocence and my likability. I think it really bothered her because going back to what I said about when I would be around people her age and they liked me and she punched me, she just hated that people liked me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you think like that person, like he just, there was something in you. He just like, he, like he just like, I have to like, I hate it. Or I just, maybe I want something that, that he has, like maybe people love you or, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You just have good editor. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I think I was sort of the opposite where, yeah. I was the same way, very much innocent. And I, I've talked to my parents about this because to this day, I'm still like a massive people pleaser in the same way that you were talking about, you know, like I feel more comfortable when everyone else is okay. Like rather than taking care of my own well-being, you know, I'm happy if everyone else is happy and it's something that I'm working on. Not that you can't like, trying to do both simultaneously, but recognizing that I'm going to be the most beneficial to other people when I'm okay with myself. I don't know how much of that was influenced by molestation, inevitably a lot of it, but I think I was like that even before I was getting molested. And I think that obviously all ranges of, of people are, can be child molesters, but I think for the, for the most part, it's like calculated decisions. Like they're, they're planning it out and choosing their victims. They're choosing people that they think aren't going to talk. And I think if you pick a kid like me, for example, or you who has this sort of bubbly, good energy vibe, and maybe you can recognize that they're a people pleaser. I think that that's part of why he picked me was because he knew how much I valued the relationship with his son. He was my best friend. And I, I, even though I didn't know what would happen, I assumed that if I were to speak up, I would probably lose my best friend. And, you know, I'm an only child, so I didn't have any brothers or sisters. And that kind of made it even more sort of essential to me to maintain this friendship that I had. And, um, (laughs) I haven't had the chance to ask him yet, but uh, I assume that that was part of why he picked me. And uh, yeah, man, it's that innocence. But but I don't I never felt any sort of like anger from him, except for when I started resisting it. Like one time I like in the middle of the night while I was in bed with his son uh, and we were sleeping, he got into bed and started molesting me. He got into bed with us between us. And I like out loud was like, please stop. Like I said that. And it was like this terrifying moment. It was the first time I'd ever like said no to this guy. Uh First time. Yeah. That was sort of the beginning of the end of all of it, because that changed his whole persona where now he's trying to, he became much more aggressive about it. And he would like make fun of me and tease me the next day we were having a snowball fight. And he was like, don't you remember, please stop. Like he was like acknowledging that this had happened and basically showing me, Hey, I'm not afraid 
for if if my son knows about this and basically like this is going to happen whether or not you say stop so i think that's when his demeanor shifted to the more aggressive sort of demeanor that you're talking about uh, with your abuser yeah man i don't know it's it's hard to say but certainly the people pleasing aspect of my personality played a role in his decision to molest me i think it's crazy sebastian because that people pleasing is so real like i'm trying to like fight it where it's like take care of yourself first before you take care of other people. I think I've, I was always like that, but I think what happened being molested, that made it more. Um, I was going to ask you, did you ever like tell them no? Or did you ever like sort of stand up? For I never did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was 16 and we fought, but it wasn't because of that. I mean, it was kind of built up because of that. Yeah. Right? But during like the process, I've never said no. And I, I did wonder, I was going to ask you if you did have any siblings and you said you didn't. And I always wondered if, what if I had a brother? Mm. Right. I wonder, like, could good would that would that would that have changed the dynamic of it? Where to be like, oh well, somebody's gonna fight. You know what I mean? I don't know if I had an older brother, maybe a year older or two years older. I wonder if that dynamic would have changed because I'm the only boy. So I, yeah. I think that played a part as well. Totally, man. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know because obviously, you know, a lot of people who have come on this podcast have been abused and have had siblings. It, it, it's hard to say. Like with your experience in particular, it's like there's this additional element of masculinity. And and actually, I, I wanted to ask you about this. I feel like so many people sort of shame guys who were molested by girls thinking like, oh, I bet you liked it. Like, come on, you're like, I bet it was great. Like, doesn't every kid, doesn't every dude want to fuck an older girl or like, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) And it's like, it's, it's, uh, did you experience any of that? I think more so internally, right? Because you're the victim, but now you feel like the perpetrator. Like you did this to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. As I got older and I kind of wanted to express it, especially after the girl in high school and I was like, yeah, that happened to me. I thought it was looked at as weak. Because it would be like, oh, if it was a dude, at least, you know, due testosterone, he's older, he can physically hurt you. But then a girl, you'd be like, well, why didn't you defend yourself? You're like, well, I'm six. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I, I like, I, I have no, no puberty, no nothing. You have no concept, no strength. I didn't bring it up to my friends, maybe until like mid-20s. And they were mm-hmm. just like, oh, wow. And I, one of my, my cousin Keenan that got me the therapy, he started to say like, okay, like, this starts to make sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That type of dynamic or the way be your people, please. Like, they would get mad. i like, no, be do it for yourself. Don't worry about us. And I'm like, no, it's good. You know what I'm saying? And I think like, I, I, that was the first time in my mid twenties where I expressed that no, it was a girl. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This, and they were just like, Oh, okay. But I was like, you know, I'm six. So I don't, I, I wouldn't, I would never share it because it's just like in African cultures, people don't talk. I don't, I think just in general, people don't talk about their feelings. You know, this whole movement of like expressing yourself and stuff like that. We don't talk about stuff and we keep everything shunned in or whatever. Mm-hmm. People go through life repeating the same bad habits. But I would tell you, it's even worse in African cultures because it's like, they're the adult, whatever happens, happens, just move forward. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even like to even say like, oh, the friends and family that are going to hear this are going to be shocked. I, my, oh, my DMs are going to be filled. They're going to be like, oh, Blake, I didn't know. It's like, yeah, we don't talk. nobody shares their problems yeah it's already something that you don't want to talk about on top of the additional cultural dynamics that are going on do you think that if you had spoken up at the time that you would have been believed no i would have shunned the family that's Mm. a whole other dynamic like it's like it's a bad look for the family it's already one thing that (laughs) my father's gone so i'm a i'm a bastard my mom's a widow but then it's like this is happening to him as well Oh, yeah. what's wrong with them? What spirit is around them? Like, I'm the victim, but I'm now the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with his kid? I was like, what are you talking six? I'm watching the, the, the Lakers just lost to the Bulls. I'm, I'm, par- I'm worried about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but th- that's how it is. Yeah. So people would be afraid to associate with your family. You said spirits and like, that's a very real thing for people, you know, in terms oh. of it's bad karma or whatever. It's like, these guys are bad luck and we don't want to be around it. So be around them. You know, it's, it's a thing about this dynamic. Like my father's side of the family, when he died, they wanted to take me and my younger sister and be like, Hey, those are our kids. My mom was like, what are you talking? These are my kids or whatever. Right. So my mom's a widow. They think she's the reason why my father died, but he died of ALS. Like he had ALS, like the guy, like my mom didn't do it. You like, you can't, you can't even do something to make somebody die. Of ALS. Like it's just a random, like um, genetic disease. One of the things like, I think that's really good that if people are fighting like with like, you know, like equal rights right now and stuff like that or toxic masculinity or whatever. Mm-hmm. The part of the masculinity that's toxic is those old ideas, especially in other parts of the world where like something bad happens, it's the woman's fault. Mm. Where it's like, we got to look at it. Let, let's actually like look at it in detail. <laughs> you got the wrong woman. <laughs> Right, 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 right. It is right. a woman's fault here, but not the right, one you're right. thinking of. Yeah. yeah, you got the wrong one, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> there it is, there it is. You're the wrong woman. You're looking at the wrong one. It's this one. But, um, you know, they'll look at, they'll look at, oh, well, it's her fault. So they didn't add, if I came out and said, oh, I got molested, then it's going to add a whole other dynamic of like, uh, what's wrong with this family? You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with this family? What's wrong with her? Dude. A hundred percent, man. The additional burdens that we create for ourselves as victims is insane. Insane. Like I thought that when I, if I spoke up that my dad would try to fight the guy who molested me and I thought that my dad would lose the fight. So it's like this additional thing (laughs) where it's like you create all of these hypothetical scenarios of how your speaking up will be perceived. And generally they're negative, super negative, like worst case scenario, basically. Uh, And uh, you're dealing with not only like having to process all this crazy shit that's happening to you, but on top of that, feeling the burden of like my family's name is at stake here. And it's like this brutal timing of losing your father as well. It's like, you know, it's (laughs) it's just an impossible situation. No, Sebastian, it's crazy because you think about it. He died November 1990. We come back December I started getting molested, I would say probably, let's say it can it, before the summer. I'm sure before the summer, because it wasn't it wasn't like it was. I don't remember the first time, but I remember it was like recent. Right? Yeah. I remember just like being like, oh, where's, I want my dad. But you're five, six. You don't really understand. And my mom's like, no, he's gone. All right. Ever. So it, within a year that happened. So you just have all this. You're like, well, like what is happening? Like We can't even like mourn. Like, I'm like can I mourn? I'm mourning and getting molested. I was like, hey, I'm crying, bitch. Like, whoa. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, cra- it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and you get older and you're just like now, even to talk about it with you, that's what I love about you talking about. It. And I was like, yo, this dude, Sebastian, this is incredible. Because, like, I pray to God and I hope you get on, like, Jimmy Kimmel, you get on Comedy Central, and you get to say that bit. <laughs> Thanks, that man. That shit resonates. There's, like, people that, because it's not even about the victims. It's the people that are doing it. Yeah. Because they feel like they take power away from you. You know what I'm saying? Because this person, every time she sees me, she can't look me in the eye. And I'm, like, I'm at peace with it. You have to live with it. Totally, dude. And <laughs> thank you for saying that. I, no. I think that there's there's so much value in talking about this, even and just hearing you say that made me kind of think about how like, I think that a lot of 
a lot of molesters don't even realize that what they're doing is wrong. They understand it from a legal perspective and like, okay, this is not, this is not the right thing to do, but especially people that were abused who are doing it just out of habitual, like, this is what I learned to do. And now I'm doing it to you, maybe trying to normalize it in their own heads, whatever it is. People don't realize oftentimes the effect that it's having on the kids, especially right. if it's somebody like you or me who's like, hey, I'm going to put on a face, a smile, even if I'm getting molested and just try to make the most of the situation. You right. know, it's it's wow. I haven't even really thought about this, but the, there's such a massive uh, importance of spreading awareness from the perspective of people that would potentially not molest kids if they knew the effect that it was actually having on them. Yeah. And, and I feel like maybe this isn't a significant, maybe, maybe they all know, you know, I don't know, but it's, right. it's interesting to consider like uh, would, if, if a molester saw the Healy's bit. <laughs> what would their reaction be? Would it be, oh, well, that's, you know, clearly this kid's pretty fucked up. I don't want to do this to another kid or something. You know, who knows? Yeah, dude, it's just, it's so fascinating hearing the overlap between, you know, very different upbringings and experiences. And yet there's so much uh, similarities between the emotions that would seems like we were feeling. Yeah. And um, I wanted to ask you also, like, so this went on from, you said six to eight, but the yes, abuse six. continued into high school and, and so forth. Um, so, 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 no, it's happened from like six to like, let's say six to nine, it stopped. But then I, re- I like forgot about it. Like, I mm-hmm. remember being like nine and 10. You And it's not like you forget, but, you know, you're, you know, kids, you're observing so much, observing so much information, just life, school, what do you like? What do you like? Sports, whatever that I remember remembering what happened when I was in high school. So if let's say from like nine to about 17, I was yeah. like, I forgot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until the girl brought it up in high school. And I was like, Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, man. It's so wild how trauma affects our memories. And that, and that experience with that girl is like a perfect example of why it's so important to talk about these things. Like it would be crazy to think like if you were to just go into like the average classroom in America or around the world and just have somebody talk about like their own experience, the effect that that would have on so many kids in terms of remembering most, a lot of people never remember, you know, and, and it's like the bottle up emotion and the trauma from those experiences is it doesn't go away until you process it. It just buries <laughs> deep within your body. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to think about. So six to nine that happened. Um, and then what caused it to stop? You know, what's crazy, Sebastian. I don't even know. I, I'm maybe, I don't know. God's grace. I don't, I have no, I have no idea. I'm thinking if I'm not, you know, it's funny. I think what happened, she went to, uh, she went to college. Yeah. She went to college. Yeah. To college. So I guess she was able to get, um, what you call it? Puberty dick. You know what I'm saying? Like she was able to develop dick. Sick of this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she moved away. Yeah, she just moved away. She just grew up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So that, I, yeah, because what nine? Because I'm nine. She's what? Because she was at, she was in college, eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. I, yeah, that's what happened. And it's really weird because we're the victims, but I always try to think of like, and this is the people pleasing th- stuff. Oh, somebody else had it worse. Mm. So that's how I'm able also to rationalize it as well. I was gonna say, uh, I went to Arizona in the middle of the pandemic, met a pastor that 
he lived on the east side of Congo. So when the child soldiers were raiding while he was in like high school or whatever, he saw his sister get molested by soldiers. He was Mm -hmm. like eight years old. So they pinned him down. He's watching his sister get molested. So when I see that, I'm like, sucks because I went through trauma, but I was like, man, that's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but trauma is trauma. Yeah. But like, that's how we rationalize it. Like, well, I heard somebody went like worse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even to hear yours, I was like, damn, like your best friend's dad, like, fuck, I want to go play like Super Nintendo and, you know, Street Fighter too. I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah, dude. It makes you feel bad for even complaining about what happened to you. Is that crazy? Yeah, it is. That, yo. <laughs> it's so crazy. Do you do you ever get I don't say jealous, but do you ever like do you ever notice like somebody that's like, wow, you didn't go through anything like you were just like good? Uh, yeah. What, what Do I get jealous of, of somebody like, like that? Like, let's say another person where like you I like like most of all of my friends, we've all had like my small circle of like my four or five cousins. They went through something where like mother got abused alcoholic father whatever right so we we have this commonality of like trauma and chaos or whatever right but then when i meet somebody where it's like no they were just like they grew up they were cool even if like um single parent household was like nothing wild happened to me my parents just didn't work out but i'm a full cool adult i was like wow how'd you make it like how did that happen (laughs) you know what i mean you were like wondering like you look at somebody be like oh how did that happen i feel i'm like jealous yeah i think i i used to feel that way more so than i do now um, and that's as a, a, a result of doing stand up about it because it completely changed my entire life trajectory and the relationships that I've formed and like conversations that I've been able to have and the growth that I've been able to have as a result of the trauma that I experienced and now processing and healing from it. Like the conversation that we're having right now, it's like, you know, we, we met at a mic and we saw each other at another mic, but we are effectively just met each other. And yet it right, feels right. like we know each other super well immediately. Oh, you're and my brother for life. No, always, man. hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. Right. <laughs> but that's kind of what I mean is that there are so many amazing things that have happened as a result of getting molested that, uh, you can view it however you want. You know, you can it can forever be something that r- has ruined your childhood and now is ruining your adulthood by continuously reflecting on your childhood and how it couldn't have been any worse and yada yada yada. But I'm I- I'm in many ways grateful. I wish I had not been molested. Let me yes. Make that very clear. <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh, it's something that you can turn into uh, a massive positive and. You know, if I hadn't been molested, I wouldn't have been able to not only help myself, but help other people just by talking about it. I had a friend in high school. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, sorry, not in high school, in college. We were in this, uh, I was in an engineering fraternity. We had this night with our pledge class where we all just like, we're up super late and we were just like sharing all the crazy stuff that had happened to us. It was just like this bonding experience. And I talked about getting molested and uh, everybody was talking about all these different things that happened to them. And then the last guy to go, who's a good friend of mine. Um, he was like, yeah, he, he started crying and we were all like, okay, like here it comes. Like, you know what happened? And he was like, I have not had anything happen to me like any of this. And it makes me feel like I missed a massive part of life, which is being able to bond with people over what happened to you. And it was this kind of interesting moment that was like, wow, like, not having some shit is sh- that that's shitty <laughs> to some degree. You know what's funny, Sebastian? Because you know what connects us as humans? Pain. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because like, let's say like nobody like there's only like 
one of 1% that can relate to Jeff um, Bezos, right? That can have a larger sum of money. Even a millionaire, that's a small percentage of humans. But yeah. we all deal with death, tragedy, you deal with the loss, somehow job, money, car, whatever it is, relationships, like pain is so universal. So I understand his like, him crying where it's like, he's like, wow, I didn't have anything happen, so I can't connect. But we all yeah. look, I don't know where you're from. I'm, I grew up in LA, but look how we connected two yeah. weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, this dude, okay, me too. Yeah, man. I was an apprehend, like, and it's funny because the people-pleasing part of me is like, I don't like bothering people, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get better at networking and talking to comics at at, at comedy shows and clubs or whatever. But the moment he got off stage, I was like, I have to talk to this dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? That whole notion went out the window because that connection, you're, you're right. I'm so glad that you did because the best thing is when you say that something happened to you and people are like, me too. It's like, oh my God, immediately you're not alone. And even if, not that you have to have been molested for it to be like, only talk to me if you've been molested, you know, like obviously not. But like, you have the ability when somebody, and not just doing stand up, but when anybody tells you something like this, any type of trauma that they've been through, you have such a massive opportunity to help them just by letting them know that you appreciate them telling you, you know, even if you haven't been through the same thing, it's like, I, I don't know exactly what you felt maybe, or maybe you do know exactly how they felt, but whatever it is, it's like, I just want you to know that like you, you, I'm happy that you're talking about this right. and for you to come up to me right after the mic and be like, Hey man, I got molested too. Like literally that was the first thing you said. <laughs> <I'm pretty sure. laughs> yeah. It's the best thing, man. It's the most encouraging thing to feel. So I'm, and, and here we are, man, look at us now. It's crazy, Sebastian, because one thing you said was like, you're not alone. You know, isolation is death. Right. So that's why I was like, man, I hope like, you, you know, just your career, like blossoms and you're able to stay this material. Cause there's going to be so many people that are going to be like, man, I thought I was alone. This happened to me. But I also think like, we've turned this like trauma into like, this is funny. Like we're like laughing. Yeah, dude. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I've seen a comedian do something, I think his name is CJ Price. He's, he always oh, no. does. Oh yeah. 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 So he he does a bit about um, his dad uh, murdering people or somebody just hearing, seeing the way that he has processed that experience is so it's a completely different thing with different emotions associated. But right. it's the same feeling of like catharsis and release and seeing somebody else process what they've gone through helps everyone who's watching them do it process their own whatever's happened to them. So, yeah, man, it's it's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, no. and, I, and we're so I'm. I don't. I, I'm pretty. I think I can speak for both of us. Where we're like, I'm happy we found comedy to express that, right? Yeah. Man, that that trauma you keep it balled in, and there's like people that resonate, and you turned it funny, and it's like, wow, that's you found power in that. Like I looked at you, like I was like, this guy's powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, he's not. You're not running away from it. Like you're like, you know how they say to fight pressure, you have to apply pressure. I was like, this guy's on stage telling strangers, look, this happened to me, and it's funny. Like <laughs> I was like, this is hilarious. It's sad, but hilarious. <laughs> that fucking uh, fires me up to hear that, dude. I'm so glad that it was perceived that way. Thank you. I was just going to ask if you um, have you ever thought about doing uh, material about your experience? Not until you did it. Once you did it, I was like, man, of course, you know, not to like, I mean, you can't bite because it's your, your truth is your truth. But I was like, I literally was like, wait, we can talk about that. That's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, wait, I can talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
I have this other stuff where my uncle wants me to be a doctor, but I never became a doctor or whatever, and he hates it. And I barely started opening those can of worms of like the cultural stuff where it's like, hi, you want to be a comedian? It's like, no, you, we didn't come here for that. We came for you to become a doctor. But mm-hmm. then when I saw you do that, I was like, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. Like, Yo, we could do this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't, oh, oh, it's going to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a problem because like going to Raging Water, like even right now, I was like, I'm going to Raging Water. I was like, oh, that's a funny, that's a, that's a good premise. Write it down, bro. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Literally, I'm in trunks. And you know, you have like the the water shoes. You know, like the water. Like I'm ready. Like I'm just like, oh, we're ready to go. I have the goggles. I have my towel ready. I was like, oh, gosh, please. Like take a day off. Fuck. Dude, it's Saturday. Let me give me an off day. Let me recharge for one day. God damn it, please. I don't have this much energy yet. I'm only nine. Shit. Dude. And you can have it all. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait to see your material about this. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, no. It's funny because even talking to you this what this past hour, I'm just like, man, this has been like, it's therapy. Oh, man. Sebastian, you understand. I hid this. Those moments I forgot. Let's say I would remember. I would just be like, no. It, like it, I, I, I think I even convinced myself it didn't happen. And then I remember telling myself it, it was your fault. You should have said something. I was like, you're fucking six. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, it's like, and this goes way beyond the scope of molestation, but anyone who's a victim of assault or whatever it is, it's like, it feels like all, most people feel that way at some point, whether it's because it's their own internal thing, like I should have said something, or it's somebody else saying that they should have said something sooner. Right. Um, when we went to trial, one of the, the the defense attorney's main point was that if this was go- if this really happened, wouldn't this kid have said something right away? Like as if it was something that I was stoked to tell people about, you know, like it's it's a it's a bananas thing. But that's like a legitimate argument that people use. And it's apparently only not valid if you run to the cops as soon as you've been molested uh, or raped or whatever you went through. It's crazy because I always I was going to say and this goes with what you just said, like my nieces and nephew, you know what I always tell them? Use your words. If you have the right to speak like it's crazy. I'm like, do you like this? No, I don't like it. Say it. If you some if something you, happens to you that is not normal, you should speak up. Yeah. Matter, use your words. It doesn't. And it's crazy because I'm not married with kids yet. But that's the number one thing. Oh, if anything, speak up. You yeah. can never be punished for for speaking up. Yeah. You, no matter what you tell me, it's okay. It, it's okay. There's nothing that you can tell me that's happened to you that'll change the way that I feel about you. That goes to the cultural thing because African kids, we're not allowed to talk to our parents about stuff like that. Like just to talk to them. You're a kid. You don't know anything. So you just walk around like, all right, I'm just, I'm just, I'm alone. I can't speak up. It's, just, it's amazing. Yeah. So there's probably, I mean, on both ends, on the, everywhere around the world, so many kids that have like gone through this. So many, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, man. It's crazy. And I, I didn't know that about, about African culture at all. Uh, yeah. And do you think that uh, other than that girl in uh, high school, did you ever talk with anybody else or hear about this happening to anybody else over the course of your childhood? I knew another girl in high school. I knew her since middle school and she was always fast, was always fast. Like we we're in the same age, sixth grade. She was just into sex. Like she was just overly sexual. Even in sixth grade, I was like, man, how do you know all this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And found out years later, 
we reconnected, like, I think I was like 26, 27, we reconnected on Facebook. And I remember her telling me, she was like, no, nah, be like, I used to get touched. I used to get molested. And I was just like, oh, wow. And I, I, it's weird that, yeah, because it was like 26, 27. I started telling her, I was like, yeah, I got molested too. And that was probably the first time I openly said it to somebody outside of my like five, four or five circle. People yeah. Yeah. And I remember her telling me, she was like, wow, I wouldn't have known. I said, no, I just kept it under the vest. You know, trauma affects people differently. You know, she she was just out with it. Like she was, it was I mean, she was in sixth grade, like fucking. I was like, what's happened? <laughs> yeah, dude. And you know, you know what to do, you know how what to do with that, but she dealt with her trauma differently. So I remember that. And then um my I had an ex that we were together for six years, and there was some talks of us like possibly getting married. And she was like, I do not want our if we get married, we have kids, stack our kids cannot be around that person. I was like, I'm I'm not against it. I understand. Around which person? Um, around Vanessa. Oh, she's still around. Right, so like, right, right, right. So my ex was like, we cannot have our kids around that. I was like, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, of course. Have you seen Vanessa since? Or is she still involved with your family? I saw her three years ago. What was that like? It's just like no eye contact, just like small, small words. And it's really weird. I don't know. I think like you can just see like life is beating her down. Mm. And, I, and I'm hoping, I'm praying that it's like, oh, all that crap you did to me when you were younger, that was it's fucking you up. It's wild. I, <laughs> I saw the guy who molested me recently too, and he just looks disheveled, like he it like beaten down, just in the way that you described it. It's a crazy thing to see the, those people again. And it, did you feel any sort of emotions like come up at all? No, because you know what what has happened, Sebastian? Great question. Me starting to, and this comes with comedy too. Like comedy, we talk about like our issues and stuff like that. And I haven't talked about this issue, but I talk about other stuff. I start to like refine my confidence that I should have been taught as a child, mm-hmm. right? So like, I'm like, hey, I'm Baleko. I'm a good person. I'm good enough. You're funny. You're talented. You know, you're a nice person, this, that. So she can see like, hey, this person, he, his life has moved on. I didn't, I didn't stop. Like I didn't have arrested development. I'm not. I, I, for years, I think mentally I was still nine or psychologically, emotionally still nine from mm. that trauma where it's like, no, 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 I got past it. I'm doing fine. It happened. It won't, it won't happen to the next generation. Yeah. So they can like see like, yo, you're moving. You're like, you're, you're like a full person, you know, it didn't affect you. Totally. How did you start that sort of healing process and um, how is it going now? Obviously, would, great, but just, yeah, how did it begin, rather? I would say, let's say, I'm 36. I would say maybe at, like, 29, 30. I started to, like, you know, we, we, we turn 30, we start to look at our lives. And I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm an analyst. I like to analyze things. And I would just be, like, okay. My cousin got me with the therapy. I started to talk about it. I started to deal with it. I'd be, like, hey, and I, one thing I said, well, it wasn't your fault. You're six. You know what I'm saying? And then once I, I think I started to not say it, but believe it, mm-hmm. I started to feel better. And once I started to feel better, like me, I'm the type of person, when I'm happy, I can do great things. I, or I can do things to make, like, it, like it's like anything, nothing's impossible once I'm happy or when I'm in a good state. Yeah. And I knew this cloud was always affecting me or whatever, right? So I think probably like 30. And then I was just like, I just started to just feel much better. I started to do more things, tried to like travel, tried to like, like I collect jazz vinyls now. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. I'm a sneakerhead. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, do things that make me happy. And that's because of like, I'm not holding on to that trauma. I'm like, oh no, that person's trash. Like what person would do that? Like, like you're a bully. I think that's that's been really, really helpful in dealing with it. And even 
I, I remember even telling people about that. I've told other people, like, I, I, I don't know when, I think when I was at a party, people were talking about stuff that happened to them as a child. I would think it was one of my friends, Leah. And I remember bringing it up. I was like, yeah, unless when I was young. And that came from comedy because, you know, comedians, we're, the more and more we do it, we have less of a filter. Yeah. Right, right. So I was like, yeah, I'm listening. I remember the whole room got quiet. I said, it's all good. Like, the person molested me or whatever. They have to deal with it or whatever. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. remember. I was like, all right, who wants to play, like, whatever game we wanted to play? I think they wanted to play spades or something like that. And they're just like, wow, really? And I was like, <laughs> I can have them. I'm not bringing this up to ruin the party, you know? Right, yeah. right, right, right. You guys asked, what's trauma? I'm telling you what radically happened. Was oh, this too deep? All right. I was like, you didn't have to be you. happened to me. What are you worried about? Statistically, at least three of you have been, too. So I know, right, 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 right. Yeah. I was like, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Right? So I think, I, and I think even us saying it out loud, I've noticed the power with that because it's just like, because you know when you see somebody that's molested, you think of, because of maybe media, you always think they turn into a pedophile. You think they're crazy. You think they're psychotic. They have mental issues. But it's just like you and me. It's like, no, we went through that trauma, but we fought through it. Like we didn't, we're normal, good citizens, human beings that have like morals and principles. So we're kind of looked at as like, wait, what? You, you don't fit that image because you yeah. look like nothing happened to you. Exactly, dude. And that image has been built up from years and years of suppression and like not people not being okay and comfortable talking about it. And just like even the way that molestation is portrayed in the media, like in the recent documentaries that have come out, like with with Michael Jackson and then like Woody Allen and all of these things, it's like it's so uh brutal to listen to the way that people talk about these just like viciously graphic and of course there's we need to be honest about all the things that have happened the, the extent to which that ha they happen but there's so much value in just being able to talk about it casually and uh, not have it be like okay like let's sit down and like get ready you know like here comes the big thing it's like yeah man this happened and like i'm good and, and it's obviously an ongoing process. Every time that I talk about it, and I know you feel the same way, it gets easier. And easier. you gain something from these conversations every time you do it. And it's like, if we can just change the whole global narrative of what molestation is and, and show people that this doesn't have to be something that forever ruins you and is something that you're just like scarred for life for. I mean, it's like, and no matter what age you're at, Right. Like this, it, whether you're whether you're 30, whether you're 60, whether you're 10, it's like it's the perfect time to start talking about what happened to you. It's awesome, man. I'm so glad that therapy has been going well for you. And you um, you mentioned uh, you were talking about like some of the aspects that you've that have come up in therapy that are related to getting molested. And yeah. I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit, like specifically, like what has been super beneficial to you with therapy? Um, the, the biggest thing has been, it's not your fault. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, for years, when I would re re like remember it or have a moment where you're sitting alone and you remember it, I'd be like, oh man, why did I put myself in that position? But there was like, it's not your fault. You're six years old. Your brain's not developed. You don't know what sex is. Your sexual, your reproductive system's not developed. So you don't even know how that part of the body works. The only thing you know about that part of the body is you just pee. Yeah. Oop, that's all you know. It's like, that's, that's it. That's been like very, very helpful. And knowing that how, because that, that trauma happened, that's your challenge. What are you going to, life is full of challenges. How do you deal with it? How do you make it better? Are you going to sit and like bitch and moan? Or are you going to be like, all right, well, I know kids in my family or I'm going to have kids. 
how to make it better for them. You know, hey, use your words. You know what I'm saying? It's like now you become like sort of like their third eye. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like you got to be careful about this or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. do you make it better for the next like generation or how do you make yourself better? Because who knows, like in a weird way, like you we've turned into like these walking like examples for people. Like, I wonder the people on your podcast are going to listen. This wonderful podcast, by the way. They're going to listen and, you know what I mean? And just be like, oh, man, Blake, I had no idea. I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this happened to me. Then you have this conversation. Then, you then you know, we all start to connect. You yeah. know what I mean? So from therapy, it's been like, it's not your fault. And it's like, it isn't. Like, no. And just what you said there about, like, being walking examples of, you, like, we have an opportunity to, and, and that's one thing that I've realized from, from doing standup about this and, and just talking about it with people is that like you, you can help more people than you could ever imagine just right. by being honest about what's happened to you. And it's great too, because what happens as well too, like you can, you, we will make people better parents and more cognitive parents. Like it's funny in the pandemic, a lot of parents have, rediscovered their children or like have started to build a better relationship with their kids. And this is something they can start to look out for too, where it's like, Hey man, how come when they go to that person's room, the door's always closed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Always. It just, it's, it's really little things like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. They have one of my child's um, friends has a friend that for some odd reason, they, Oh, they're talking about girlfriends and boyfriends and they're like eight. Like, why is that? Mm -hmm. Those are some, you got like, those are little things because of what has happened to us. Like, it's like, yo, you got to pay attention as a, as a parent or you're an uncle, you're an older cousin or something like that. It's like, wait, that's kind of, let me keep the door open when you guys play. That's so accurate. And most parents have like no idea about this. You have no idea what to look out for. And I know that like, we're trying to cover it up in many ways. We don't want anybody to find out about it because we're embarrassed because we think it's our fault. Right. whatever the reason is, but there are things that happen. Like I know I, I developed all of these crazy ticks, like physical ticks. I had these massive back spasms that were early during the time that I was getting molested. And then as soon as I spoke up, they went away forever. And there's wow. like different things that you can notice about your kid's behavior that don't necessarily mean they're getting molested, but every way that we behave is a result of something that has happened. As a parent, you can, and not just for your own kid. I mean, you can notice like all sorts of different things. If you're, if, if your kid is ever feeling uncomfortable, there's a reason. And right. it doesn't mean you can't trust other parents or trust other kids, but it's something that we as a society, as a world have to be more cognizant of. And that the only way to do that is by talking about it. It's just like one of the many like applicable things that you can do to just like totally make a difference. On, <laughs> like, right. What's going on? And it's crazy because we're the victim, but I still feel bad for like Vanessa or your, what you call your friend's dad, where it's just like, I, have they dealt with their trauma? Like, it's funny because I told Vanessa, I said, you need to go to therapy. I told her that. I remember mm-hmm. like maybe like four years ago, I was like, you should probably go to therapy. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah. I'm giving, you know, I, you need to do something to make you better because something's wrong with you. That's pretty, um, <laughs> the word that comes to mind is angelic, is like being able to not only let go of the harm that she's caused you, but to also be able to be like, Hey, this is something that you need to heal from. Clearly you're doing this because of something that happened to you. I think that that's really amazing, man. Even after everything that's happened between the two of you recognize that that's somebody who's hurting and uh, that, you know, (laughs) even people who have wronged us deserve to heal. Um, And uh, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. That's really dope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, look, and here's the thing she doesn't know like i'm just like think about it. i'm not crazy there's people that have 
less has happened to them, but something like that has happened to them, or they'll be like, they're done with you. Oh, yeah. And I'm just Dude. like, all right, all right. It's interesting that you say this because I feel a similar sort of empathy towards the guy who abused me. And uh, when we did the mic at the Hollywood Comedy, whatever day that was, the, I did the mic before the one that you hosted. A lady came up to me after. I think she was like 50 or 60. Uh, she was super nice. And she just said, like, thank you. Like, thank you for, for doing this. I did the same set. And she she was like, can you send me his address? I'll kill him. Yo. I was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I mean, I appreciate it, you know, like I, right. that's, I'd say a more consistent reaction than like, what happened to them to make them do that? And it's, it's interesting how obviously there's no right or wrong way to react. I completely understand why people feel that way. That feeling is now just anger that's existing in yourself. You're causing your current experience to be filled with anger and I having experienced both anger and empathy, I'll choose empathy every time. You right. know? And I think that there's a lot of energy available to you by letting go of any sort of negative thoughts that you have towards the person that abused you. And it doesn't mean you have to do it. You don't have to do anything. You can do whatever you want and whatever makes you feel the best. I felt like I did hold on to a lot of anger for a long time. And right. now feeling like I don't really have any anger towards him. Yeah. It, it's very freeing. That lady, the reason why she was like, and I'm just psychoanalyzing psycho myself, the reason why she was like, I'll kill him for you. Human beings generally are good, right? Yeah. So we hate to see bad things happen to good people. That's why at that party, when I was like, oh, I got molested, people were like, wait, what? Because they're like, you're, you're cool. Like, you're, you know what I'm saying? They think like... Yeah. They think bad people get like they think like I did something to get molested. I was like, no, that's not <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's that's, that's not that's not how it works. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when, because when we think of bad things, we think oh, because you did something bad. That's how we rationalize. That's deductible reasoning. It's like oh, you got into a car accident because you you were you were driving drunk. That's how we reason it. So they're like, wait, you're nice. You didn't do anything. Why would they do that to you? You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's not how it works. It's just not at all. No matter how nice or mean you are, anyone can get molested. Yeah, and anybody, uh, yeah. the more that we talk about it, the more it, it, it just becomes so apparent that this is a bigger if issue than we could have ever imagined yeah, across yeah. all cultures and, and yeah. oh, every background imaginable. Everyone's experienced it to some, uh, not everyone, but uh, a shockingly high percentage of people have experienced it to some degree. Yeah. And um, I just think, man, dude, that what you said about, just like sort of forgiving Vanessa really just like struck a chord. I think that's just amazing, man. Yeah, um, I, you know, cause you brought up that anger. I was like, I'm not going to walk around like this. Yeah. And that comes, and that's going back to your question about the therapy. I was like, I'm not going to walk around like this. Like, Hey, it happened. I'm, we're going to get through it. You know what I'm saying? I'm at peace with it. Like I've like, I've already forgiven her. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm good. Don't worry. I hope you're fine. Long life. I wonder what it would be like for an abuser to hear that they are forgiven. Um, right. and I wonder if that would be the type of thing that would either cause them to not, well, I wonder if, how it would affect them. Is that, does that mean that they would molest more kids? Cause they're like, Oh, look, I'm forgiven. It's fine. Or right. are they going to be like, Oh my God, like I have an opportunity now to, I, I've been forgiven for this thing that I did that was wrong. And I know maybe that lifted off a bunch of weight off of her shoulders and allowed her to heal from her own experiences. You know, who knows? I don't know, but it's really interesting to think about. Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, when they say like, you should all like forgive, 
because it's more for you, not for them, right? Yeah. So it's just like, hey, you, that's something you have to deal with because you made that choice, right? Nobody put a gun to your head to do it. You made the choice. So that's just something like she has to live with. I, I pray and hope she doesn't do it. You know what I mean? Like can, our kid was continuing to do it with, with other kids or whatever because that would be terrible. But if somebody was to say like, well, you should report and tell her, I'm 36 and it happened from six to nine. And like, I hope people that are listening is like the subculture of like not talking. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. don't, you don't, you never go against an adult. Like it's probably until maybe the last three years, I might've said a curse word around like my, like uh, an, an adult <laughs> in my family. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. that's how it is. So like, maybe this can like lead to like people talking more, kids talking more, asking kids, like, how do you feel? Is everything okay? Yeah. And, and watching them. But well, um, totally, man. Like the, and the thing is, is it's like, People say, like, you need to speak up. You need to tell the police. I did. And nothing <laughs> happened. You know, it's like no matter like no matter how it's like speak that the system is broken. Our judicial system is not set up to convict pedophiles. If there's no evidence, you're not going to get convicted. And there's almost never evidence in molestation cases. And it's not saying don't speak up. Of course, tell the police if this is happening to you, obviously, because what was really beneficial from the trial perspective was that everybody knew now that this guy was accused of being a child molester. Right. He got, was in jail for one night just when they, when I spoke up about it initially, they arrested him and then he posted bail. Then we went to trial, but he didn't go to jail as a result of the trial. So there's benefit, but the same, again, the benefit was just that there was awareness around the yeah. fact that this guy was doing this. I do wonder, I was like, even though he didn't get convicted, Sebastian, I was just like, wait, at least he got embarrassed by just like, I mean, what are you going to court for? It's like, you not going for corporate traffic. <laughs> you know what I'm you can't lie and be like, let me call up work for this. It's like, no, I I'm molested him, but no big deal. I'll yeah. be back on Monday. Like, yeah, no, you're right. And just to clarify, definitely go to court. Definitely tell the police all of those things. It's <laughs> just. The, the point really is just like you're not limited to a judicial ruling in order to get justice for what's happened to you. You can get that healing from it. It, it doesn't have to have anything to do with your abuser. It can be an entirely internal process and by just right. sharing your experiences. But, yeah, you're right. There were a lot of a lot of good things that happened awareness wise uh, as a result of the trial. It's interesting that the two people that seem to be the most empathetic to abusers were abused. Fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> we're outliers. There's people. Oh, man, I know a, I have a cousin that I told this to. He said, if this would have happened to me, he said, I'm going to kill that person. He was just like adamant. He was like, I'll move back to Africa. If that happened to me here, I would kill him. I'd move back. I was like, hey, yeah. people, you know, they should be very fortunate. They, they I guess they got the right ones. Yeah, yeah you're lucky I didn't, you didn't get somebody that yeah. just murdered you immediately. Like, Touch the right. I'm molested the right kid. <laughs> and maybe now thinking about it more, there is also benefit to molesters need to know that there are people that feel that way. They need to know what they are risking by doing this, because if there wasn't a risk, if they thought they would just be forgiven by all of the people, you know, then, of course, they would probably just do it more. That also plays a role. Having, you know, we, we everybody really it's just talking about it, however you feel about it, whether you want to kill them or you want to forgive them. Just talk about it. It's just probably just the message. It. Yeah. You're going to kill them. No. <laughs> In addition to like all the molestation that you went through, how did losing your dad influence your childhood how did that affect you you just you feel alone it's crazy because like so he's he's dead he passes away then within a year you start to get molested and you know you're not your brain's not developed enough to understand what's going on but you understand the correlation 
right? You're like, uh oh, because this is happening because he's not, you know, you're like, oh, this is happening because he's not here. Mm. If he was here, they wouldn't have done that because it would have been, you know, oh, who's this guy walking around? You know, he's he's not like he's he wasn't like he wasn't like a bad father. Like he was away. Like we was married to my mom. We had a family. Yeah, it's it's amazing because like even with therapy, I've been I've finally been able to even deal with his death. It's, it's funny because he's been gone for thirty years, but I was like, okay, he's gone because you still have this hope. It's like, hey man, like this is the person that's supposed to like protect me away from this trauma. I would oh when I would think about those things, I would be like, man, this is your fault while you're not here, and you know what I mean. He like I always even blame him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, yo, the dude's dead. Like, you know, he can't come back and like and help. This ain't a this ain't a movie. Um, I was like, this Sebastian, like, I would find other instances in like in because entertainment's great. You know, we're in it, are pursuing a career in it. Like, so like the Lion King. What happens to Simba? So because Mufasa's gone. Yeah. Right. You know, you see that trauma. He runs away from his problems. You know, I can I can understand. I I can I can empathize with that. So with my father being gone. It probably took me, I think, around that that age thirty, like to like deal with it, and to be to know like, hey, it's okay, it happened. You know, what can he do? He wasn't there. Yeah, and you know, feeling those feelings of, of of resentment towards your dad at that age, those are some of the first feelings that you're feeling. It's part of why yeah. molestation is so impactful, and and early death in in the family is so impactful because it's like you don't really know how you feel about anything yet. Things are just happening, and so it's like, well, like blaming your dad for not without a full understanding of of, right. of even death, like not really getting what that is even. Oh, he's never going to be back. Are you like really? It, you know what's funny, Sebastian? I'm glad glad you bring this up. Actually, I was getting mad at his his brothers and my uncles that were his friends. Like I was like, where are you guys? So now, even now to this day, well, so when my dad and his um, his cousins they came from Congo here, they first they went to Australia, then they went to France, and they got a visa to come to the, the states. I was like, where are these dudes? Like I'm really close with like my friends, my cousins, right? And I'm just yeah. like, if anything happens to their kids, those are my kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so now as being older, they can't even look me in the eye because like you guys all left, you bastards. Like how are you gonna be somebody's friend and you're not like okay? If I'm friends with my, my best friend, Ricky, and knock on wood, nothing happens to him, but he passed away, I will know, okay, well, I got to take care of um, his son. I got to take his son to basketball practice. Every birthday, I got to buy him shoes. Yeah. I was like, you guys weren't even around. So you guys, like, you guys just, I was like, nobody's here to like, stop this. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's here. Nobody's checking in. Nobody's saying like, Junior, how are you doing? As a kid, I remember coming around and they were always talking about how great my dad was. Like, but you guys don't come around his son. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's lazy. It's something, especially knowing who you are now who's like very involved in your nieces and nephews life where it's like whatever you need i'm i'm there it's hard to contrast that with the experience that you had but it's also like you're going to be such an amazing father if you ever decide to have kids and already are an amazing uncle as a result of the experiences that you've had last thing i wanted to ask you if you could give advice to anyone who's been through something similar or maybe will go through something similar and is hoping to get to the point that you're at now, what would you say to somebody like that? Great question. I would say um, if you've gone through it, talk about it. Um, it's not your fault. Always remember that. It is not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't put this on yourself. It's not because of the way you dress. It's not the way you act. It's not the way you look. Predators it doesn't matter. You could have like made a left on this street. You could have made a right on this street. You could have woke up five minutes later. It was going to happen to you. 
right? Because they're predators. They're just creeps. They're just like, oh, let me just try to get this person or whatever, right? So just know it's not your fault. If you can try to seek therapy, there's like free therapy, do it. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you less than a person to talk about these problems because it is traumatic. So try to seek help. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you, uh, you're not a weak person. You're not a bad person. To try to prevent it, like you have kids or you have kids in your family, just always be, always talk to them. Tell them to use their words. Tell them if something bad happens to you, you can always email me. You can always Facebook me. You can always talk. You know what I mean? We always tell kids to shut the hell up. Like, listen, that kid is probably telling you something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Or even when you watch kids, like a kid will tell you what they like if you pay attention. Like I never had a basketball hoop as a kid, but before the, the molestation started to happen, I would put a chair by the door and I would shoot a stuffed animal into the door. I like basketball. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching, like, oh, clearly he likes basketball. Let's get him a hoop. You know what I mean? So a kid will tell you what's going on. You just have to um, um, observe and watch. It is not your fault, man. It like it took a while, Sebastian. Like, you, it's funny. You think it's your fault. You're like, why couldn't you? Why did you let this happen to yourself? Like, how could you? You could yeah. fight them off. You couldn't tell them no. I don't like. You can't. You don't even can't even put it together. What's happened? Yeah, man. You know. I completely agree and think that is just such good advice. I, I was, can, I, can I say one thing? If it's possible, you can even find groups. Like, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that and talk about it because I think like us victims, I'm telling you, you're the first comedian that that's what when you talk about. I was like, wait, what? I was like, who is this? I was upset. I was like, how about I don't know him? <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I don't know Sebastian. So, like, for other people, I hope like if there's Facebook groups, find those groups. You'll find that you're not alone. There's probably somebody in your neighborhood that's went through it, where you guys can all talk about it over tea, whatever stuff like that, and stuff. Like, so you don't feel alone. So the thing is, you think that's what that's why you think you're the victim because you think you're alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then you find that it's happened to other people. You're like, oh, okay, oh, all right, okay, I'm not alone, and that helps gives you strength to like move forward. So yeah, if you can find a group. You know what I'm saying? Where this happened to? Yeah. And don't be ashamed of it happening to you, too. Like, that's another thing. Don't be ashamed. You know what I mean? Of course, like, you don't have to tell everybody. We're comedians, so we talk about this stuff. But don't be ashamed of it. Like, hey, it happened, and you're going you're gonna to fight through it. Yeah. And you're right. Removing that shame is so important for healing. And just knowing that, like, just because it happened to you, and maybe you felt this way your whole life, doesn't mean you have to continue to feel that way. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and no matter how old or young you are, it's a great, great time to change the way you feel. Like what we were talking about in terms of like healing yourself before worrying about helping other people. It's like when you're on a plane and they're like, all right, like if the airbags come down, make sure you put your own some, somebody else's mask on or put your own mask on before putting somebody else's mask on. It's like you can't help other people heal if you're gasping for air and trying to suppress your own emotions. Like you got to... <laughs> Heal yourself and you'll be infinitely more helpful to all the other people around you. And we have such a tendency to think that like other people would have gotten out of this situation. Or if I had just done this differently, if this, if I had just said something sooner and it's like, you can, there are infinite things that could have happened differently and no amount of reflecting on them will change what actually happened. So just use the time and energy that you have to try to, I think, accept what happened rather than just wishing that it was something that it wasn't. Right. 
there's a lot of freedom in letting go. And I think that you and I are definite examples of that. Yeah, I'm so thankful that you did this podcast, B, and you're a really inspirational person. And the way that you talk about everything that you went through is it's just awesome to hear. I would love you to plug your Instagram or any anywhere else that people can find you if anybody from the podcast wants to reach out. Yeah, just follow me on um, Instagram, Baleko Azizawisa Jr. So B-I-L-E-K-O-A-Z-I-Z-A-W-I-S-S-A Jr. on Instagram. Um, I have a monthly show at the Hollywood Comedy um, called The Blake Oasis Show. Yeah, so I mean, just it. Just follow me on Instagram and um, yeah, just follow me on this journey. And like once again, Sebastian, thanks so much. This is wonderful. Oh, dude, you're so welcome. Thank you, man. It's been, oh, it's just so fucking fun. It's wild when like you start chatting about this shit and it's like, oh, like you get like, like it, it just feels so, you know, you were talking about like, how when you feel happy, it feels like anything is possible. Right. That's that's I completely agree with that. And I feel like I've just started discovering that more recently is just the power of positivity. Yeah. And it really allows things to come into your life spontaneously, serendipitously that you may never have experienced otherwise just by looking on the bright side of things. And I think that it's sort of the theme of this whole podcast episode is like, you can feel however you want to feel about what's happened to you. If you haven't yet experienced what it feels like to let go and view it as an opportunity to heal and help other people, uh, definitely give it a shot because it's a lot more chill than than sort of just feeling sorry for yourself and, and being mad at yourself for not doing something about it and all the other various things that we think about as victims. So I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much, Sebastian. All right, man. Take care. Right, yeah.